So a few weeks ago, Navid and I traveled to New York for the Synchronized Conference. We published that episode. It was a little bit on the longer side, so we decided to break down each interview into a separate episode. So our first chat was with Marley Gray from Microsoft. Let's get started. You are listening to Peer Nova's Chain in the Valley, where we discuss all things blockchain and DLT over our morning coffee. Here are your hosts, Sonia and Navid. Marley Gray, um, principal architect, wearing many hats with the Microsoft Azure blockchain engineering team. I sit on the board of directors at the Enterprise Ethereum Alliance, and am the chair of the newly formed Token Taxonomy Initiative. Uh, we would love to chat about what exactly Microsoft is doing in the blockchain space. You want to elaborate on that? Sure. So we, uh, Microsoft, we, we started out, um, actually I started this thing back in 2015, just trying to make blockchain accessible to the enterprise. It was very difficult back in the day. Um, and we were just trying to automate. Most companies and enterprises wanted to try it out, kick the tires, and they didn't want to do it in public <laughs> for various reasons. We, nobody likes to fail miserably in public, uh, but it was very difficult. So we sort of evolved the business from there, and we continue to do that. We're blockchain agnostic. We actually welcome all platforms. Um, we do as much as we can to enable anyone to onboard their particular platform onto Azure, making it simple for any any customer, anybody that wants to try theirs out, to fill out a wizard and deploy their network and have it completely automated. If they don't like it or it's costing them too much, they can mm-hmm. delete it very simply and, and try things out. By the way, this is what we typically say about our solution, that it is infrastructure agnostic. People compare blockchain to the internet and um, if any part of that is expected to ring true, then, well, it needs to operate like the Internet as well. Um, for instance, I can host my site anywhere that I want, and that should, again, apply to any and all blockchain solutions. Now, when it comes to cloud providers, of course, there are the big three, which are AWS, uh, Google Cloud, and Microsoft Azure. I wanted to know what made Azure unique for blockchain. Well, I think we've been at it the longest. Um, When I announced it back in 2015, we called it Blockchain as a Service, which turns out to be a pretty unfortunate name, but that time period, it sounded like Everything was infrastructure as a service, platform as a service. Yeah. Yeah, it's called blockchain as a service. Um, so we've been doing it for quite some time, and we've learned a lot from our enterprise customer engagements. We've uh, tried to help customers form consortia. We've, because we don't really have a blockchain in the game, we've tried to bring people together, and competitors together, and um, organizations together to really you know, try to help them. Uh, navigate the waters without having to worry about the infrastructure. What that what that means is we do more than you know. Our, as we are delivering just the infrastructure hosting, we are building more on top of that. How do you get a consistent management layer so that you're not patching your nodes? How do you make sure that if you're in a consortium, your nodes might be in Azure, but your somebody else's might be in IBM Bluemix or AWS or Google? How do we make sure that you can connect that network and have visibility to that network? Consistently, uh, we can 
easily do the connectivity between all of those, and we make sure that works. The visibility is the tough part, sure. uh, so there's some work to do there. Uh, we've done a lot of work in, um, we published um, and we'll be releasing soon something called the, it was initially called COCO, but now it's called the uh, Consortium Botching Framework, I believe, and it's mm-hmm. um, it uses uh, enclaves like SGX enclaves to create um, essentially a private uh, model, a uh, private network with uh, strong governance. It essentially creates a TLS network between the, all the nodes, so nobody can just pop a node on mm-hmm. your network. Um, and it has a constitution, and you can start to do uh, streamlining of execution. Um, so that work came out of our research organization, and we're mm-hmm. contributing that back to the ecosystem. It's not a blockchain, mm-hmm. but we want it to, if anybody has a solution, we like, here's the thing, build on top of it, and, and um, it'll do a lot of the heavy lifting for you. And then some of the higher-level services around authentication in the enterprise space, uh, Azure or Active Directory has been <laughs> solving things like single sign-on for, mm-hmm. I, I say 25 years, it's probably longer. Mm-hmm. But that was a huge problem, and we, it's, by the time we finally finished it, and then the blockchain comes out, it's just, what do you mean I have to provide uh, private keys for my users to use this thing? I can't know. Yeah. <laughs> so how do we ensure that people can use their existing authentication mechanism and then have keys stored securely um, in the cloud and not have to manage that and, and provide that uh, service. We do that with something called Azure Key Vault. Mm-hmm. So we'll do everything from manager keys to you know, signing your transactions on behalf of your users. Also, generalized secrets platform. Mm-hmm. And we're going to build upon that. So we continue to build. Uh, I, I usually say we don't, what we do at, at Microsoft, and we've, we've been at this for some time, we don't want to compet- uh, compete with our partners. Mm-hmm. We want to, you know, that's what we don't, Want to write a blockchain, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and then we don't want to compete with our customers either, right? So we're not going to go out and compete with Walmart or compete with any of the banks. It's mm-hmm. just we, we learned our lesson decades ago. When uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Expedia story, mm-hmm. uh, we built Expedia to figure out how you build scalable web properties, and uh, it turned out it was kind of successful. It worked, and then. We uh, pissed off all the travel agencies, and we're like, "Oh, we're going to sell it, you know, get rid of it." And they're still located in, in Bellevue, Washington. But it goes back in time, and 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 we, you know, we, we have a pretty uh, strong uh, ethic that we we try not to. Uh, we've been through a long storied history about anti-competitive behaviors, and this is truly the new Microsoft. So. I wanted to. I, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, Microsoft has had a change in stance, if you will, towards mm-hmm. Linux. Yeah, well, yeah. And and, and I, I think most of us that have been around long enough know that story to some extent. And yeah. I wanted to ask you about that because I know you folks are working with Ethereum and 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 as well. And so we know that there's a huge value in this sort of community-driven approach to, especially emerging technology. How did you perhaps maybe arrive at that? I, I would assume that wasn't a easy decision. No, it, it caused a lot of upheaval. I've been working on my 20th year at Microsoft, so I lived through it all. And uh, when the Department of Justice was going to break up Microsoft and, and through the, the difficult years, and, you know, the, the, eco, the, the, the environment changed. Um, uh, and, you know, where we made that switch when Satya came over and Steve... Uh, you know, he, he left and you know, went and after, chased his passion at the Clippers and actually he's doing some really cool work um, on transparency. It's some of the most awesome stuff that you can uh, think about. Um, anyway, so you know, Satya's open approach was um, very uh, sort of a, uh, 
a breath of fresh air. Everybody's like, oh, you know, I, I use back then you couldn't use anything but a Windows phone, and you, you ran Windows. My my phone is an iPhone, and both of my Microsoft official hardware is Apple. Uh, you know, and I use that as my desk computer. That would have been uh, only people that could have done that were in the Office team. They were yeah. because they were building Mac uh, Office, yeah. and now it's. And we don't really care. Most of the workloads actually in Azure are Linux-based. Um, we contribute. Uh, I mean, like, all of our stuff is open source. It's out there. GitHub, the purchase of GitHub, sure. and our relationship with the Linux Foundation. And you'll see, uh, you know, us continue to work and look for ways to work, work with Hyperledger, for example. Mm-hmm. So it, it's been very refreshing, and we've learned how to do open source pretty well. We learned some painful lessons early on. Um, and this latest initiative, the, the taxonomy initiative, is you know we took the best practices of how you get an initiative as sort of broad and, and sweeping to get all of these competitive platforms like Digital Asset and IBM and R3 and just the Ethereum community ecosystem to agree that, yes, this is something we all need to get together and do. Um, it, it required us to you know go in and not start it from scratch, but let's do about half the work that we think. Set that in motion. Don't do, don't do any more. Then you know, yeah. form the group from there. Because yeah. if you start with zero, you're not apt to end up with anything. If you start with 100, percent you're not going to get any participation. Right. What's really interesting is that four years ago, five years ago, everybody was talking about blockchain as if that's all you needed. But the truth <laughs> is, you know, the 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 deeper you dive into this, you realize that first of all, you need to worry about scale. You need to worry about big data aspects, and so. You know, it's wonderful that it's immutable and that's great on paper, but then how are you going to fit this, particularly where Piernova sits on the financial mm-hmm. industry side of things, how are you going to make this work for a massive financial institution that deals with millions of transactions, trillions of dollars worth of transactions perhaps daily? Mm-hmm. And so the, the problems ahead are not anything that any one of us can solve on our own. Right. And I think it requires a, an enormous amount of collaboration, just like anything else that we've ever succeeded in. And then last question, changing gears, uh, Piernova recently also joined the Enterprise Ethereum Alliance, and I saw that they recently launched the token taxonomy initiative. It's right. a mouthful. Um, and I saw that also Microsoft is a member of that as well. What was the idea in joining that initiative? Actually, we uh, we seeded it with the open source. So we, we built uh, underneath the, the, the token taxonomy initiative, or TTI, is something called the token taxonomy framework, which actually built in Microsoft sort of by accident um, uh, just to educate. There was so much misinformation and mm-hmm. misunderstanding and people would had dim- dismissed tokens uh, to look at to solve business problems internally at Microsoft. And we're like, yeah, that's probably premature. You've got some misconceptions. And we and we had the same thing with customers that were struggling with, uh, I, you know, I'm doing a trade finance project. We're building on a hyperledger fabric and these trade finance networks are all on R3 Corda. How do I build apps that will work across these? And it's like, well, let's back up the bus a little bit and, mm-hmm. sit and think about what you're actually trying to do. You need to readdress architecture and address your requirement and make sure your requirements are clearly articulated. Um, but then, you know, make sure you foster reuse across um, those things. So the taxonomy framework is um, not technical. It's, it's agnostic uh, by design because we don't want to show preference, um, but it, it really focuses on some of the lessons that we learned um, of how you create reusable artifacts, essentially. And it's a 
essentially takes the concept of a complete token and decomposing it. Mm-hmm. Framework is a composition framework, so you, you have parts that uh, the end goal is essentially where a business user could drag and drop using a, a tool on a web page or in a, on their phone or wherever and, and create a token that met their business needs by picking a base token or a hybrid type and pulling over a, a set of behaviors like transferable and mintable and um, or like non-transferable or and, uh, non-subdividable, meaning it's whole tokens and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It, you should be able to describe this behavior in a generic way. So um, that's what um, the initiative for the EEA initially started out with as I was teaching it to some of our customers that were also in the EEA and said, wow, this is really great. We should, this is useful over here in Fabric. And I went, I know, I, I had to build it for that. Mm-hmm. So we decided that. Uh, we wanted to form a new organization. So the, the token taxonomy initiative is is independent from the EEA. And that's how we got mm-hmm. IBM and Digital Asset and R3 to come aboard. And we're, I hope everyone else comes aboard as well because we think it benefits everyone mm-hmm. by establishing common terms and understanding between business, technical, and the legal regulatory aspect, mm-hmm. which is a huge hurdle that if sure. we're – if we're all jumping and tackling it independently, we're not apt to win um, because it's multi-dimensional, multi-beasted. Uh, every country or just for the EU and the U.S. alone, mm-hmm. uh, if we all pull together and say this is a, this is how we're going to describe these things, if we're going to go to regulators, this is what this token will do, mm-hmm. and that anyone can read uh, the the definitions that are in the te- taxonomy and understand. Because it's not in blockchain speak. It's not using uh, token jargon. Mm-hmm. It's using, you know, this is like an airline ticket. Mm-hmm. How is it like an airline ticket? Think about its behaviors. It's non-transferable. Um, and we talk about, uh, it's, it's used to educate, uh, establish people like wanting to turn, put a wiki up in front of it. And then also you've got tools driven off of the back end. So that was the whole initiative around uh, the, the formation of this organization, the announcement today was was big. We anticipate um, you'll see it rolled out over the next month. But it's really designed to be a collaborative. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really a workshop framework where mm-hmm. you go into a customer or a startup and say, "So you want to build a token? Mm-hmm. What do you need?" Mm-hmm. And they could, you know, at first they won't, you know, have a bunch. But as we go through and JP Morgan Chase goes through and and does this, and they find some new token parts like a new behavior, mm-hmm. and they contribute it back in, and then Beck of New York Mellon comes in and, and looks and goes, oh, JPMC already defined that, but we can make it better. Let's add these things in there, too. Um, and instead of everybody recreating the wheel, we can all share, mm-hmm. uh, reuse these uh, composable parts. And the back end, of course, because it's all in GitHub, which mm-hmm. is a Microsoft mm-hmm. property now, which is, we still have to remind ourselves of that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but... Um, it lets you, uh, because the taxonomy underneath has metadata, you guys are familiar with that with your platforms, <laughs> you, um, you can uh, aim tooling when we have things, the notion of mappings where you can map individual behaviors like transferable and link it to source code for Solidity, um, a digit, a DAML or you know, Go for chain code, wherever, whatever language it would be. Or if somebody has a complete token formula, can map to vendor A's, you know, licensed product. Here's an open source implementation. Here's one on Azure. Here's one on Google. Uh, try it out. 
So that was another really great episode. We want to take a second to thank Marley Gray for sitting down with us. As always, you are listening to Chain in the Valley, where we cover all things blockchain and DLT. Remember, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Music, Stitcher, and chaininthevalley.com. Don't forget to leave us a review, join the conversation, and tweet us at Pure Nova Inc. or at Chain and Valley. Thank you, everyone, and have a great week.